I'm Andrea Collins, and this is Mindful Mostly. Yep, the lifestyle and wellness show for those of us who are mindful most of the time. Lifestyle and wellness tips for real women like us. It's all about authenticity here. You want to be mindful, you want to be happy, you want to be healthy, but you're not going to be crazy about it. You're not going to be all weird about it, right? You're still going to go on living your life, eating french fries or whatever you do. That's always my go-to because last night, my girlfriend Sarah and I and our friend Michelle, we went out to this like great cocktail bar with this awesome little tapas menu and all we did was order two things of french fries. God damn! It was so crispy and salty, and they had the best mayo beside it. Tasted like McDonald's McChicken sauce. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's dirty. Uh, question for you. Do you ever feel like an imposter? You know, you want to start something different, maybe a new career, uh, a new hobby, a new side project. You want to, I don't know, write a book? But you feel like you're going to be exposed as a fraud by somebody. Maybe someone in your social community, someone on Facebook, someone you work with, someone that just is like, oh my God, Jen, what do you, you don't know how to write. You can't do that. That's what we imagine. You worry about what other people think. That is imposter syndrome, my friend. Most of us have felt it. And even the mindset coach, Katherine Farkerson, who we have on the show today, has felt it too. When I started coaching, even though I had done uh, all this training and all kinds of work on myself to prepare myself for this job, I didn't tell anybody I was doing it in secret because I was so afraid of like coming out of the closet sure. as a coach and being ridiculed. I'd be like, who do you think you are? You're a coach now? Like, I thought you were a photographer. So huge, huge identity shift. She's just the best. Catherine is going to tell us how to get over imposter syndrome today so you can just go for it. You know? Let's get it rolling. How many cups of coffee are you drinking these days in a day? Because if you are straight up addicted, some good news. Not so bad for you after all. Actually, we've been hearing a lot of positive effects of coffee lately. Now they're saying that it's really good for your skin, but you've got to drink four cups. (laughs) You're going to be full of anxiety, but you will be wrinkle-free. Four cups a day, they say that uh, them beans uh, have anti-inflammatory properties and narrow the blood vessels. Right on. Did you know the snacks you like actually have everything to do with your zodiac sign? Let's see. (laughs) Let's see how true this is. If you're an Aries, nachos and guac, Taurus, anything and everything. I can agree to that. Gemini, fast food, Cancer, a homemade dinner. Leo, you like cake and ice cream. Virgo, a gigantic salad. Libra, chocolate covered strawberries. Scorpio, grilled cheese sandwich, Sagittarius, exotic cuisine, and Capricorn, you like breakfast any time of the day. I'm certain that must be accurate. All right, let's get to Catherine. This is awesome. Today, Catherine Farkerson is here. She is a mindset and personal development coach 
for creative thinkers and entrepreneurs and also happens to be, how lucky am I, my next door neighbor. Hi, Kathy. Hi. I'm so, so glad you're here and I'm so glad that you've come into my life, not just because uh, we have fantastic neighbors, but because you're such a great person to go walk dogs with. <laughs> Well, I'm honored. I'm really, really honored. (laughs) (laughs) So what kind of people, I was mentioning in your intro that you do work with creative thinkers and entrepreneurs. And these tend to be a lot of people that can have a lot of self-doubt. They Mm want to set goals. They they know they want um, to reach something big in their lives. But... um, you know, it's hard when you're you're setting those kind of goals for yourself. You're being creative. You're trying to think out of the box. And with that can come some, some issues, you know, some roadblocks. Um, today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome, which I think that even if you don't know the exact definition of it, you've probably faced that situation in your life. How would you define imposter syndrome? Well, I define it as people who are feeling doubts about their accomplishments. So essentially feeling like you're a fraud. Mm. And um, in the creative industry or entrepreneurial industry, this is very, very common. Like mm. you were saying, it's very, very common. Um, I used to think that my, my approach to my business used to be um, busting the myth of the starving artist. Because it, it's like no matter how far you go, you have this belief that um, you're not enough, you're not good enough, or you don't belong where you are, or you don't deserve to be there, and all those types of things. That would be the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And like, who am I to give people advice? Or like, what will my friends from college think when they see me, you know, talking on YouTube about XYZ? Yeah, that's probably a really big one that I think about, especially now because there's so many outlets for being able to express your your new creative endeavor. And you feel like there could be a lot of judgment just because suddenly these eyes are seeing you um, as someone different than than maybe you were 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And 100 percent. Right. Like I before this career, I had a career as a photographer and when I started coaching, even though I had done uh, all this training and all kinds of work on myself to prepare myself for this job, I didn't tell anybody I was doing it in secret because I was so afraid of like coming out of the closet sure. as a coach and being ridiculed and be like, who do you think you are? You're a coach now. Like, I thought you were a photographer. So huge, huge identity shift. And so how did you get past that? Well, luckily, I happen to know this work to know how to do it. Um, but the thing that is important to understand about what is going on when this is happening is that it's about what's happening inside. So what you're putting out into the world is different than what you're thinking and feeling on the inside. And it's our inside that determines our reality. So it's this is why I do mindset coaching and not business coaching, because it's so important for your mind to uh, be creating the reality that you want to have happen, not be you know, back in being a photographer land trying to be a coach, I would it would never work. Right. And so a lot of that, I would imagine, comes down to visualization, too. It does. Now, back to, like, you changing your roles in your career, um, when you did say, look at me, world, I am a mindset coach, yeah. did people say, what the hell? I thought you were a photographer. Or were they like, good for you? Well, I actually didn't come out and say that until I had clients. Okay. <laughs> So I had clients first so that my inside 
could align. So it was a very, actually, it's it's very congruent for me to be doing this work. So the clients actually came naturally. So I was coaching for, I think, nine months secretly and not telling anybody. And then I realized, so this is part of, it's, I refer to it as self-image. So in order for me to shift into the image of a self, of, of a of a coach, I had to be able to uh, believe entirely congruently with my conscious mind, my subconscious mind, my energy, all that stuff about what I was doing. So then I started to feel, well, I'm actually denying people my service if I'm not sharing who I am. So then I was able to be like, hey, I'm doing this. And then by that point, you know, friends of my clients were like, well, where, what's happening to you? How is this happening? And so they were already hiring me. And then, so when I came out of the closet, mm-hmm. um, it was very, people were just celebrated it really. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably some people who are like, what does she think she's doing? But it's okay. Cause those are not the people that, uh, I'm actually focused on. Yeah. So that's, that's goes back to what you were saying about the visualization. It's like, you know, I have a, a a mantra that I say to myself, which is a huge part of a self-image shift, is being able to um, repetition to get things into your subconscious mind. And the thing that I always tell myself is I'm just looking for the people who are looking for me. Mm. That's it. So if people are ridiculing me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to get there because of, of the incongruency that was going on inside. For sure. And I heard someone say, I heard one speaki- someone speaking about imposter syndrome once, and they said... It's not about you. It's about the people you're serving. That's so, right. like, take yourself out of the equation and just focus on the services that you're providing somebody and how it's going to make that individual feel better. That's right. How does it work from a mindset perspective when it comes to imposter syndrome? Well, this is where things get really interesting. And I think that overcoming imposter syndrome is easier when you understand a little bit more about it. So, we have information coming at us in more ways than we realize at any given moment. So we have, I think it's said something along the lines of um, two billion bits per second are coming into our our minds per second. And our brain can only process 126 bits. So this is all done through uh, distortion, deletion, um, all sorts of filters so that we can actually process some of the things that are coming in. So these filters are based on what what I call paradigms and their habitual habits that we just run all the time. So the way that you're sitting, the way that you think about yourself, the way that you, how you talk to yourself, all those things normally are automatic and they go on in your subconscious mind. So you're, you're bringing in all this information, you're filtering it through your paradigm, and that gives you your current reality. Mm-hmm. So that's all so interesting. I know. It's, God. it's amazing. We are what we envision of ourselves. 100%. Like when we talk about like creating your reality, it actually is just creating your reality. First step is because of how you see your life is your own projection. It is your own like we could be sitting in the same room right now and we leave and we talk about the room and we're going to talk about it entirely differently. Yeah, for Even sure. though we're in the same place. Yeah, yeah. We live on the same street and we all, you and I, we're always talking about like <laughs> all the different things that we notice yeah. about the same street. Yeah. So there's no way. Like was that person murdered there the other day? <laughs> yeah, was that a murder <laughs> or was that a Halloween <laughs> setup? <laughs> Our neighborhood is very interesting sometimes. Yeah. It's what you want to see. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's true. It even comes down to like... um 
how you might see your job or your relationship or your home, your wardrobe. You know, it just all needs to be a, a switch in perspective, which I take, I, I imagine, just requires some practice. It does. But first, you need to be aware of it. Right. Before, this is the thing, until you're aware of it, it's just how it is. So we just operate as we operate. And then when you start to become aware of it, then you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize I've been saying, like we say, I think it's something like 60,000 thoughts a day go through our mind. And 95% of them are the same thought over and over and over again, of no some way. form or another. And then 80% of the thoughts are negative. For sure. Right? So we default that way. But if you don't even notice, there's no chance for change. So we just go through the automatic paradigm pattern and going about our day, and which is perfectly fine normally until you want to change something. Yeah. And then you're like, well, shoot, how do I go? I corrected for air. <laughs> Don't know if you swear on this you can swear wellness you podcast. Want. Yeah, go for um, it. Uh, but if you want to change something, you're like, well, how can I do that if I'm not worthy, if I'm not na 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 and all the things that you assume to be true up until that point. Mm -hmm. So your mindset is so important to A, be able to catch it, and B, understand how it works so that you can change it. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's important to understand is that those patterns and the paradigms and all of those beliefs, they happen subconsciously. We think consciously like, I'm going to go do this thing. And then inside we're like, I can't. I'm not worthy. I can't do this. Da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. And that is what dictates our vibration. So um, in order to overcome the imposter syndrome and see see yourself as someone who could be worthy of the thing that you're trying to do, you have to get emotionally involved in a positive way with what you want, which is where, like you mentioned, the visualization comes in. And can we talk about vibration for a second? Sure. Because I find that to be so interesting. How do you get in on a positive vibration if you've been on a funky one? So the way that I like to suggest to change it, so people will automatically say things like music. Like music, you know, music is the fastest way to change your state. Mm -hmm. um, or uh, getting out in nature. That's another really good one to do. But generally, what I always say is the easiest thing that you can do is take a very small step towards something better. So I think sometimes when we're in a funk, we get so upset about the fact that we're in the funk that we just make it worse because now the contrast between the funk and what we really want is so big. So if you're like, I should be joyful, but I'm not, you feel worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. So instead of trying to get to joy, which is like way in the other end of the scale, go up a step. Like, what can I do to relieve myself from this pain? One step. So I don't know, like maybe it is take a couple deep breaths. So I don't expect joy immediately, but I want a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So like what's something that I can think that I can believe that would move me a little bit better? Mm -hmm. um, and I find that much more helpful because uh, it's just, a, it's a process. Now the good news is I believe that um, we are naturally wanting to be in a state of positive we want to be on the positive side generally by nature so when you start to move up towards joy it's easier everything becomes easier and as it becomes easier because we're coming more into a natural flow then you're up to joy and for sure and, and I think of that when I think of imposter syndrome I think of the people that have done it so well and they've achieved so much and they have all these different projects on the go it's because they they probably 
overcame that imposter syndrome at the beginning or they got through it and they saw how well it worked out. And so it was yeah. easier to start the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I want to just share one thing about that is that um, I do work for Bob Proctor, who's a master thinker in the industry. Mm-hmm. And he teaches a concept that I think is really fun to bring into this conversation, which is um, a, a, a concept from the 1960s by um, Maxwell Maltz, which is that our self-image is a um, cybernetic mechanism, like a thermostat. So we have a set point, and what happens is whenever we deviate from the set point, either to the positive or to the negative, we ultimately return to the set point that we are generally set at. Hmm. So like the thermostat, if the door opens, we're set at a certain temperature, cold air comes in, and... um, this thermostat will automatically like kick into action to get it back to where it was. So this is the same for weight loss. It's the same mm-hmm. for uh, financial situations and why people, like even when they win the lottery, they end up back in poverty. Oh, like, yeah. This is how this all works. So t- to your point about people who slowly uh, make it, like they get over it and get over it and get over it, it's because they're shifting their set point. Every mm-hmm. time you move your self-image to one that... Like, for example, when I moved mine into, you know, being a coach and being a successful coach, and then now I've been doing it for a while. And so now I've completely shifted my self-image. So my set point is completely different than it was when I started. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me, you know, to do things like this and come in and talk to you on a podcast. If you had asked me on, you know, years ago when I started doing this, if I could come in and do it, I would have, like, freaked out. So... That's how you get over it, really, is that you're shifting. When you shift on a subconscious level, you're moving that um, that set point, and then it stays there. Mm-hmm. So that's why you look back and you're like, wow, I'm not anywhere near who I was before. Mm-hmm. But it's gradual. And in taking those little steps, you sometimes realize you're not you're not raising your set point, but then you look back five years later and you're like, damn, you know? Yeah. Or I'm, one I'm, year later. One year later, exactly. Now... How do we change our self? Like, how do we change our self-image? How do we raise that bar? What are the little steps? First of all, it's really important that you have an image of who you want to be and what qualities you have. So, so if you were to describe your personality as the personality that you want to have, what does she look like? What does she think like? What does she feel like? So that you can do something like a visualization and have a very, very clear idea of what that is. And the reason for that is you are um, getting into that energy. Remember I was saying that it's all in the subconscious in your vibration. So you want to get in the emotional energy of the version of yourself that you want to be. Let's say you're like, oh, the self-image that I want to be in is really, really confident. So then you'd be like, okay, well then how does she sit? How does she walk? You know, what kind of clothes is she wearing? And um, not necessarily that it has to be something external or physical. I'm just using it as an example. It could also be, um, you know, the version of me that like leaps out of bed in the morning. So you start to paint that picture. And then because we think in pictures, you can close your eyes and sort of bring her into you. Mm. Um, I always think of it like you're pulling your future towards you. These are all qualities that you have inside of you somewhere. It's just that you haven't paid as much attention to them because going back to what I was saying in the start, those filters, we're paying more attention to something else. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing who you want to be in from the inside. And then what's um, 
really, really, really the most powerful thing that I could share in terms of a, a tip is that when you go about your life, you want to address things that are happening in your current life from the perspective of the self-image that you want to have. Hmm. So you're, let's say you're sitting there and you're like, I can't do this. Instead of being your usual self, being like, I can't do this, you put on you as the self-image that you want and you start to think the thoughts that would help you be that person. Oh. So you want to think from that place. That's like Beyonce with Sasha Fierce. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. That's her. Um, that was her alternative self. That when she felt nervous, she would become Sasha yes. Fierce. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that can be the biggest step to overcoming imposter syndrome is visualizing the you 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 know you want to be, and then speaking from that person. From that place. And operating from that Correct. place. Correct. Even if there's no evidence around you at this time of you living as that, like uh, having the results of that person yet. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I feel like we've had such a good conversation. It's <laughs> great. Honestly. I mean, I, and you're so good at helping people. The main thing also is identifying that you're you're kind of being a jerk to yourself too, right? Like you were saying at the beginning, imposter syndrome is identifying that, hey, you're being hard on yourself and you can move into your Sasha Yeah, fears. like first questions before all of that stuff is like, what am I even thinking? Like start listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. What am I thinking and what am I feeling? And if those things are not lining you up with where you want to be going, you need to you need to catch that. Wow. Um, it would be great to have you back in a couple of months to talk about goal setting because I know you're really, really big on that. Mm-hmm. Will I you am. come back? I'd love to. Okay, great. And then how can people reach out to you in the meantime? Oh, well, I have a website. Um, it's uh, www.mindsetcoaching.ca. Um, it's also katherinefarkerson.com, but I'm not going to ask you to try to spell that. So <laughs> <laughs> mindsetcoaching.ca works just fine. All right, great. Well, thanks for coming in, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you. And I'll you. see you at your house for ribs tomorrow night. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I can't believe it. There's 92 reviews of the Mindful Mostly podcast on iTunes. That's a lot hard to get people to actually review so thank you so much you guys if you haven't yet already i'm going to send you the high vibe five it's a five minute magnetism session you can like set it and forget it you sit down you do this for five minutes a day you're going to feel so much better i'm going to send you that in exchange for your review on itunes yes this is mystical bribery and uh you just need to take a screenshot of that review and email it to me at andrea at mindfulmostly.com. And then I'm going to send the High Vibe 5 right back to you. It's been so fun hearing from you guys, by the way. You can email me anytime you want and shoot me those DMs on Instagram, too. Uh, at mindfulmostly is the handle. Also, there's something I am still very excited about. It's the cute fall booties playlist on Spotify, Mindful Mostly's very first playlist. Did I mention that it's expanded, my friends? If you want to find this playlist, it's literally called Cute Fall Booties. B-O-O-T-I-E-S Because that's what fall is all about We've 
now got a little bit of Aretha on here. Wait for it. Bishop Briggs. I heard it for the first time on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so basic. Listen to the chorus in this one though. It's, she's so good. We build a low, hollow, hollow, and I'm so and listen to the Mindful Mostly Fall playlist. 20 songs, an hour and 18 minutes of goodness. I remember the first time I was in love. 